from Psalm 100. First of all, God is good. And all the time, would you please stand if you can. So from Psalm 100, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I come before you today And there's just one thing that I want to say Thank you, Lord Thank you, Lord For all you've given to me For all the blessings that I cannot see Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. With a grateful heart, with a song of praise, with an outstretched arm, I will bless your name. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For all you've done in my life, you took my darkness and gave me your light. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You took my sin and my shame. You took my sickness and healed all my pain. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, With a grateful heart, with a song of praise, with an outstretched arm, I will bless your name. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. With a grateful heart, with a song of praise, with an outstretched arm, I will bless your name. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank 
thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, from Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all God. of Jacob's tents and have compassion on his dwellings. The city will be rebuilt on her ruins and the palace will stand in its proper place. From them will come songs of thanksgiving and the sounds of rejoicing. I will add to their numbers and they will not be decreased. I will bring them honor and they will not be disdained. Their children will be as in days of old 
and their community will be established before me. I will punish all who oppose them. I have a maker, he formed my heart. Before even time began, my life was in his hands. He knows my name, he knows my end. He sees each tear that falls And he hears me when I call I have a father He calls me his own He'll never leave me No matter He knows my name, he knows my every thought, he sees each tear that falls, and he hears me when I call. He knows your name, he knows your every sees all those tears that fall, and it hears you when you call. He sees all those tears that fall, and it'll hear you when you From Ezra, with praise and thanksgiving they sang to the Lord, He is good, his love towards Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise. Hey! Come on with me. Hey! Because, that was terrible, by the way. Because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt? Who am I that the bright and morning star would choose to light the way for my ever-wandering heart? Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done, 
not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow, a wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor in the wind still you. Hear me when I'm calling, Lord, you catch me when I'm falling, and you told me who I am. Oh, I am yours. I am yours. Who am I that the eyes that see my sin would look on me with love? And watch me rise again. Who am I that the voice of calm the sea would call out through the rain and calm the storm in me? Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done. But because of who you are, I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow, a wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor in the wind, still you hear me when I'm calling, or you catch me when I'm falling, and you told me who I am. folks. Um, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life 
learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, we would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came here to your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her love, as, as her great love has shown, but whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this that even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord. All right, school's in session. All right. There are several things that ought to stand out to us. And probably I could actually spend four weeks preaching on this. But uh, what, what's the overall thing that stands out here to you? Anybody? Come on, raise your hand. I'm not doing this alone. All right, again. Why? Okay, all right. That's the first thing that should stand out. This Pharisee, um, Simon, uh, invited Jesus over to his house to have dinner. And um, the Pharisees didn't want to have anything to do with him. It could be he wanted him over to dinner so that he can trap him into something where they can accuse Jesus of blasphemy. Okay? Now, in Jerusalem, or in the time of Jesus, anybody who had uh, some importance, like Pharisees, Sadducees, big businessmen, their houses, the dining area, was open. And people were allowed to come in and observe and hear the, the conversation. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine putting your turkey on the table tomorrow? Right? And you have your friends and family over, and then people come in to to see what's up, I wonder what they would think. 
But this was the custom back then. What else do you see here? I mean, there's so much. It's almost unfair to ask you without the whole passage in front of you. But, you know, Jesus accepted the invitation. Why did Jesus accept the invitation? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the Pharisees needed to know Jesus, right? And he really gave them, gave them every opportunity to, to do that. Good. Sure. Yes. He didn't even tell them what he was thinking. Right. He, he said he's yeah, exactly. He yep. Right yep. All right. You're right. Hold on to that. We're gonna come back to it. All right. Yeah. Oh, I see I thought you were raising your hand. <laughs> a, a woman in the town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Um, is there anything strange about that? Yeah, Chip? No, it's expensive. Yeah, uh, some perfumes uh, ran between six months salary and a year salary. So this was sacrificial, right? But what else is strange about this? Hey, Doc. Okay. Yeah, and and that's a good observation too. Uh, my my thought here is that she heard Jesus teaching and preaching, and reaching out to people and people putting their trust in him. People who the Pharisees wanted wanted nothing to do with. Correct. All right. So there's a dynamic going on here. The other thing, culturally, is that a woman was never supposed to enter into the dining area of the house. They weren't considered worthy, okay? So she had access to Jesus, and she was probably uh, a woman of the night, if I could put it that way, okay? Uh, and she heard Jesus uh, teaching and preaching, and something has happened in her heart, obviously. Correct? All right. So uh, let's go on. She stood behind him uh, at his feet. She began to wet his feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. If you were the Pharisee, what would you have thought? What would you have thought? Come on. Sure. And if he says he's a prophet, he should know what type of woman this is, all right? Okay. All right. All right. Take it from the woman's point of view now. 
What cultural things or laws does she violate here? What does she violate? Yeah, I mean, uh, in their culture at the time, especially for a Pharisee, you don't touch women or talk to women in public, nor do you allow them to touch you, okay? What do you make of her reaction here? She began to wet his feet with her tears. Okay, all right. Um, she kissed, listen, when Simon uh, uh, invited Jesus, he didn't extend the usual, um, how can I say it, the, the usual greetings to a guest. And what would happen is the host um, would provide a slave, unfortunately, to wash the feet of the guests, right? and to anoint them with oil, all right? Nothing was done to Jesus at this point. So his feet were dusty, maybe smelly, all right? And there she is kissing them. She didn't care. All she knew was that she was with the one who embodied hope and forgiveness. Right? I mean, do you follow so far? Okay. Let's go on. When the Pharisee who had invited him, this comes back to what Tommy said, uh, saw himself, uh, saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Yep. Compare the woman to the Pharisee. What's the difference between the Pharisee and the woman? Say again? Who On whose part? Pharisee's part, right? Pride. He would never admit he was a sinner, right? He would never, if you don't, if you don't think you're a sinner, then you don't need a savior because then you got nothing to be saved from. And, you know, of course, the Pharisees thought he would be, sa uh, the Pharisee would be saved by keeping the law, which no one could do, not even the Pharisees. Jesus did it. He was the only one that could. All right. So you, you have the contrast here. You have Jesus in the middle, correct? You have the Pharisee who's blind to grace incarnate, the one who came to pay the penalty for the sins of the Pharisee and the woman, and you have the woman who's able to see more than a Pharisee. People there thought this was scandalous. All right, uh, I want you to. I, I want you to really get the flavor of this. Okay. Jesus now tells them a story. Right, Simon, I have something to tell you. He said, "Teach me." Oh, tell me, teacher. The, the word, by the, uh, by the way, there is rabbi, rabboni, in the original language, right? Two people owed uh, money to a certain money lender. One owed 500 denarii, 
the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, put on your financial hats here for a moment, okay? One had a debt of 500 denarii, the other, you know, 50, but neither of them had money to pay him back. What does that make them? More specific. Well, yeah, but bankrupt. Bankrupt. Technically, they're bankrupt. If you have more debt than you, you, you have money coming in, you're bankrupt. Right? They were bankrupt. And Jesus is using this to, to show that um, everyone is spiritually bankrupt. Isn't that true? Because there's nothing we can do to pay the penalty we owe for our sin. You know, and, and we get into these things sometimes, you know, a, a lot of times we criticize uh, the Catholic Church because they have mortal sins and venial sins and, you know, and all of that. And, you know, we tend to classify sin and say, well, this sin is worse than, than that sin. You know, after all, I'm not doing that sin, which is worse. Yeah. And we get into these head games and we forget that even one sin makes us bankrupt. Even one sin. Neither of them had money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both of them. That's grace, right? I, you know, I use the illustration often. How would you feel if uh, you went down to the bank and uh, make a payment on your car or your mortgage and the teller comes back and says, you know, uh, Mr. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so, your debt's been paid in full. I think there would be more of a reaction than we see in the church towards Jesus. As a pastor, that bothers me. Because the debt from which you and I are forgiven through faith in Christ is enormous. Absolutely enorm enormous. And then, I told you we were going to do this like classroom, right? Jesus always holds class. He looks at Simon and he says, now which of them will love him more? Right? And then it goes on. Simon replied, well, I suppose uh, the one who had the bigger debt uh, forgiven. And Jesus said, you judge correctly. And the implication here is that everyone born on this earth has a debt they never can repay. Even if they're the most moral people you know, they still have a debt they can never repay. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, you see this woman, I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears. Tears are a sign of what, Tommy? Repentance. And I think joy, too, right? Right? And wiped him with her hair. That's a key line. Tell me, what about her hair here? 
Yeah. Uh, a, a woman in that culture was not supposed to let down her hair in public, let alone when she was with a man, okay? But she let down her hair, and she used her hair as a towel to wipe Jesus' feet. I'll put a plug in here for for worship and choir and and other things that we do for the glory of God. You see the gratitude of this woman? How she expressed it? She didn't care about the cultural barriers. She didn't care about the Pharisees at this point. There was no pride. And she publicly, really, publicly, without a word, Confess she was a sinner. Correct? By her actions. But the joy comes knowing that the one to whom she's ministering is the one who's going to deliver her and pay her debt. When we worship, we should have just the same attitude. When we pray, we should have the same attitude. When we do cantatas, we should have the same attitude. Every year, you know, I'll, I'll hear Sharon say to the singers, smile, you know, smile. We're singing to the Lord, smile, you know. Um, and she's right. She's right. Um, listen. This culture is trying to silence the gospel, all right? Uh, it's trying its best to silence the gospel. And not only silence the gospel, but silence uh, people of deep conviction about Jesus. Let me tell you, we can't be part of the, somebody used this term, the frozen chosen. You know what I mean by that? We can't be bumps on a log. We're in, we, when we're in the house of worship, we should worship. When we, you know, when we talk about our Savior, it has to be done with a sense of awe. Because, to use Jesus' parable, we owed a million denarii, right? And we were bankrupt. You, you get what I'm saying? Okay. Doc, I'm going to pick on you. All right. How should this affect every area of our lives? Or should it? In other words, would something like this have application when you're in the operating room? Would something like this have application when a mother's changing a diaper? You, you follow what I'm saying? Humility, yeah, yeah. Humility is the absence of pride, correct? Uh, and, and the tricky thing about humility is if you think you have it, you don't, right? So, you know, humility is the absence of pride. I think, this is only my opinion, I would love to go back 
to around Easter time doing a service where feet are washed. Because you and I are called to be servants of the living God. And you remember when Jesus did that? Who refused to have his feet washed? Peter. Why? Yeah, I mean, and, you know, you can understand where Peter's coming from. But what did Jesus say to him? Yeah, he says, Peter, if you don't do this, you have nothing to do with me. And what Jesus was trying to teach the disciples was simply this. We are to be servants for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are to serve in humility. We are to serve with gladness. And we have to remember it's not about us. It's just not about us, right? Um, you know, listen, you know, young people, I love young people. I really do. Uh, because uh, the older I get, I look at them and I say, I wish I had the energy again. Uh, but I love our young people. Uh, our young people here really do a lot. They really do a lot. And from our young people, we can take a lesson sometimes. Um, and even from the sports enthusiasts, right? What's a, well, tomorrow's a big game, right? Dallas and the New York Giants, right? There won't be one empty seat. They're playing in New York, correct? Oh, no, they're playing to Dallas. There won't be one empty seat. People will spend money to fly to Dallas, correct, and cheer for their team. Cheer for their team. How much more should we raise our voices when we're with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? You know, uh, give serious thought to this because it will change the way you think about everything you do. No matter how minuscule or no matter if it's ministry, it will change the way you think. And listen, if you're having a bad day, read this again. Because we need to be reminded that we were all born with a terminal disease. But God graciously came, showed us grace and mercy so you and I can have hope. I mean, do you believe that? All right. Let's finish this out. Therefore, I tell you, her, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Okay. This was a scandalous statement. Uh, this is piling one scandal on another. First of all, Jesus let a woman touch him, right? Jesus um, uh, violated every law that the Pharisees had, right? And now Jesus says, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. What's so scandalous about that? Yeah, he, he's declaring himself God in the flesh. 
God in the flesh. Oh, Frank, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, in fact, the Pharisees think they're sinless, correct? And there are a few exceptions uh, to that. Nicodemus, I think, was one, right? And uh, there was another one. I can't remember the name right now. But this is why legalistic religion never works. Legalistic religion that's based on laws and not grace uh, feeds the human ego and puffs up pride. You know, you go around saying, look what I've done. Look what I've done. Thank God I'm not like you. Right? That, that's what happened with the Pharisee and the publican. Right? Not the Republican, the publican. Right? And, you know, they were, the publican was praying. He was pray, crying out to God for mercy. And the Pharisee just, just said, I thank God I'm not like you. And Jesus said, the publican will be justified today. And the Pharisee didn't get it. Your sins are forgiven. He's God in the flesh. Then he said to her, let's go to verse 49 and 50. The other guests began to uh, say among themselves, who is this who forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, go, or, or your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Uh, let me, I'm going to read that literally for you from the original language. We'll read this way. Your faith or trust, it could be uh, interpreted both ways, has saved you. Go into peace. Go into peace. In other words, the relationship's all settled. You're okay with God now. And you can, go, you can go in peace, into his peace, not the world's peace. So this was a radical thing. And the reason why I bring it up for Thanksgiving tonight uh, is simply this. Um, we're more apt to give thanks for material things uh, than for our salvation. You know, we're more apt to give thanks for the fact that, um, you know, you know our, our health is good. And we should give thanks for that. Or our car worked. You know, I mean, we're fickle people sometimes, aren't we? I include myself in that. And we get into the, you know, this whole rat race in the world and we say, I'll only, I could only be happy if I get the better job. Or if I get the bigger house. Or if everybody would do what they should do. Well, guess what? There's a lot of contingencies there that may not happen. And if you live like that, you're going to be the most disappointed person on the earth. The response should be, Lord, I love you. How can I serve you? It's a much different response. Show me how to glorify you. Show me how to glorify you in, in my relationships. Show me how to glorify you in my workplace. Show me how to glorify you in ministry. I would say that's the better prayer.
What about you? Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Do you ever give any thought where you might be today if Jesus didn't save you? It is scary, isn't it? If If Jesus didn't save you, I'm not sure I would be here. You know, it, it's it, we when we mess things up, we can mess them up good. Isn't that true? <laughs> there, there's a song uh, we haven't done it here in a while, um, but I think the title of it is uh, "Beauty from Ashes." Correct? Only Jesus can take a mess. That's us. Forgive us through faith in him alone, and make something beautiful out of us. Only he can do that. Washington, D.C. cannot do that. All the laws on the books cannot do that. Only God can change hearts. So, I'll shut up. I like you to think, and I'd like you to share, I'd like you to be more vocal, otherwise I'm going to have to call on you, to give thanks tonight verbally for something for which you're thankful. So, who wants to go first? Go ahead, Bonnie. Oh, go ahead, Chip, for Bonnie. Sorry. I said, go ahead, Chip, for Bonnie. Okay. Okay. Yeah, none, none of this mushy stuff in church, you know. I mean, okay. <laughs> Doc? Yeah. 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 We thank you for him. Anybody else? <laughs> Anyone else? Please, don't be shy. Okay. I'm thankful for the fact that I am witnessing what God did, what God worked in actually affecting children. Okay. Especially my daughter. Yeah. Because a lot of kids don't have a father. Yeah. Yeah, you know, my prayer for, the, for our young people, it, it, listen, it's much different than when we were growing up. We had our own challenges, but our young people now are bombarded with a lot of stuff. And my prayer for them is that they live their faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's my prayer. Because it's going to be through them that people will see a difference and people will want to know, hey, what do you have? You know, you know, tell me, tell me what you have. Yeah, go ahead.
Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and um, we're, we're nicknaming Tommy the mayor of Lacey because he seems to know everybody. Oh, it's not <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we're a town and all. Um, it happens, right? And and the thing is too, people are always watching, right? People are always watching. They're going to watch how you react or respond in bad situations, right? Is there, is there any difference? And that doesn't mean we put on plastic faces. I, you know, I, I'm not a fan of, of saying that, listen, if the world caves in, you go around saying, I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. No, you're not fine, okay? But you don't lose hope because of the God you serve. And, you know, there's a, there's a big difference. Uh, so... You know, you know. There's been days I have people show up at the door sometimes, right? And there's been days, you know, I'm deep in study and I'm, you know, I'm looking, I'm doing the message, and I'll see somebody come to the door, and I'm going, oh, I really don't feel like talking. And I'm talking about people I don't know, right? And the opportunities that both Mary Lou and I have had to just to point people to the grace of God has been amazing. It's, you know, it's been amazing. So I thank God for, for Mary Lou, for my family. Um, I thank God for the privilege of being a pastor, even though sometimes I grumble and complain, right? Um, who else? Who wants to? Go ahead, Kim. And we're grateful for you. We're grateful for you. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and, you know, in men's group, uh, you know, you, you have to know how hard it is to keep 11 guys coming out, right? No, but the, yesterday was the first time I brought food in a long time. Uh, Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, you know, you got one, two, three, four, five out of 11 here tonight, right? Six, six out of 11. I, I'm a man, right? Okay. Six out of, six out of 11. And men. But it's more, see, ladies, we don't talk about wives when we get together, okay? Let me tell you. <laughs> some of the biggest blessings I've seen, I've seen, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I've seen Andrew open up tremendously, and I've seen James participate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been a blessing to us. And he, even those of you who are involved with the Theological Roundtable, what a blessing that's been. Um, I, ju- I, I, I kind of hope Chip has been to the, the Kelsey School several times now. And what a blessing that is, too, correct? And we have so many opportunities. Um, you know, men's group is designed to, to not only... Um, teach theology but apply it to our lives correct and uh, and the camaraderie that is formed um, for I'm not going to mention names but there happens to be a little guy who who uh, comes to church and a couple of the men have reached out to him and it was it was one of the first times I've seen him smile I've seen him smile and um yeah, I mean that's precious. You know that that's precious. So, uh, you know, I'm thankful for for you know all of that. Anybody else want to share? Okay, Kristen. Yep. Yes, yes, uh, I agree. Amen to that. Amen to that. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to get Frank to say a little bit more here. And he's over there in purgatory. You know, <laughs> Doctor Fuji put him in purgatory in the last year sometime. But I'm sorry. Guys, say it louder. She loved the Lord. I know she did. Um, and, you know, uh, to see how the congregation has responded to some of our widows and widowers, um, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And, um, you know, one of the things I was telling the men last night that got me through my brother's death was the fact that he knew Jesus, uh, you know, and, and that now he's totally healed. You know, he's totally healed. 
Um, you know, there's days that are tough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, I picked up my phone. I was ready to call him. Yeah, and you said, "Well, can't do that anymore." You know, uh, but he's in good hands, and I I don't think he would want to come back. Yeah, so you were grateful for. I I guess that's my way of saying I'm grateful for the promises of God, because God keeps His promise, unlike us sometimes. So, anybody else? I don't want to. Sharon, you you did you share? Oh, would you like to? Okay. I mean, I'm really burdened for our young people. Um, and, you know, I, I, I've said to many of our young people, look, you know, if you, if you have friends and they want to come and talk, let's talk. You know, we'll sit down. We'll just have kind of a round table, if you will. You know, we can do that. That offer stands. I'll talk to anybody, you know. Um, but, yeah, I have a real burden, especially for the influences of both uh, the public schools uh, the universities and the uh, graduate schools. Um, it's tough. It really yeah. is tough. But don't forget that God's in control. All right? And uh, we have a lot to thank him for. Uh, I am I am grateful for the sharing that we have. You, these guys, let me tell you, they're bright. They don't show it. Uh, and they don't brag about it, but in men's group, they come up with stuff that is great, uh, and, and the, at the round table, they come up with great theological questions. I don't know if we give them good answers, but they come up with great theological questions. These guys are thinking about the scriptures. I couldn't ask for more. If you're thinking about it, you're going to live it. So appreciate that. Well, yeah. Sometimes I feel like a macaroni, you know. It's, it's that. So why don't we close uh, in a song? I'm sorry, we're running over a little bit. I'll ask uh, uh, our gentlemen and ladies to come up.
the light of your love is shining in the midst of the darkness shining jesus light of the world shine upon us set us free by the truth you now bring us shine on me shine on me shine jesus shine shadows into your radiance by the blood i may enter your brightness search me try me consume all my darkness shine on me shine on me shine jesus shine for this land with the father's glory seven o'clock Monday night Sharon will plug you in where she needs you God is good all the time and all the time God is good Doc would you close us in prayer Thank you all for coming. Happy Thanksgiving. If you're traveling, uh, just be safe and keep the snow up north. No. <laughs> <laughs>